Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Montana. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanas. My good friend and colleague, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, ride with me here on a Monday. As we always do, we'll get it kicked off with the Montana Football Hour and an hour number two. Mondays are easy to figure out these days. We got Riley for the first hour talking all things Grizz, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference. Then we got Marty Morningweg, top of the hour, talking all things NFL and all the way around in the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. And then 5.30 will either get you some Grizz greats action or some prep prep football updates. Either way, Monday's show is pretty easy to figure out. If you want to listen to the show anywhere besides the radio or the traditional television, go to the station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. You want to call, text, you got questions for me, you got feedback for Riley, you you guys want to be a part of the conversation, 406-888-1029. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. A ton to get to today, but both Montana schools kept rolling. Montana State, a 30-17 victory over Portland State on the road. The first road win and the first Big Sky Conference win of Brett Vegan's career. The Grizzlies, 
we're going to get into this game in depth because um, I'm fascinated by what I think coming out of this game. They drill Cal Poly 39-7. to On one hand, they couldn't have dominated the Mustangs more. They scored in more fashions than maybe any game I have ever covered. <laughs> they scored twice on defense, one of which was called back on what I thought was a bad call. They scored on a kick return for a touchdown. They blocked a punt for a touchdown. Uh, they even got a two-point conversion in the first half. It was pretty amazing. Yet, the post-game narrative was, we didn't perform up to par. We did not execute up to par. We can be better. We, we can do better. Regardless, the Grizz, 3-0, number four in the country, and the showdown is now set with Eastern Washington because they took care of business on the road at Southern Utah. So we'll get into all of the weekend that was both in the state of Montana and around the Big Sky Conference. And to give you a little look ahead to that primetime matchup, Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Eastern Washington hosting Montana. What's up, my man? How you living? Oh, I'm doing great. I mean, getting ready for a big-time week and kind of recapping the week that was homecoming. I mean, so many events that go with it. It was a great weekend in Missoula. Could you believe that weather on Saturday, Unreal. too? I mean, come on. Late September. It was a bluebird day. Just great. I had to day. put my hat on. Seriously, we were doing was... our pregame show from the Chamber of Commerce parking lot, and I'm standing out on the stage, and I'm like, dude, my face is going to get summered. I have to put my hat on. Well, I thought for the first time, like, man, am I really going to broadcast a game in shorts? I would never do that, but I I was dying in the press box. Oh, I'm sure. It was pretty hot during the game, but it was a great week, um, and I know that we're going to have a lot of talk, especially you here on this show, getting ready for this big-time matchup because, again, we had seen it on the schedule for a couple of weeks, and I think once Eastern and the Grizz both won against FBS opponents in week one, it's more of, okay, can both teams avoid that trap game? And they did. So we have so much to talk about, so much to recap first off. It was just nice to have the first weekend of conference play, right? Because this is this is the wheelhouse. Because you, you finally have common sure. opponents. You don't have this, okay, well, this team played three easy opponents in non-conference. This team played two tough ones and everything in between. So it's good to have like opponents now as we move forward. I know Big Sky Conference play is your wheelhouse. You actually get opposing coaches that will talk to you. So that's fun, too. And uh, Functional sports information departments. I mean, it makes you appreciate the things that you take for granted sometimes. There's though, no right? doubt. It's no doubt. And then the first week, which we'll get into, not many surprises, I, I guess we could say. But yeah, uh, pretty much chalk in terms of what we mm -hmm. predicted as the top teams in the league. Except for Northern Colorado getting an overtime win over NAU. So it was interesting to see all the 1-0s and the 0-1s. It it's a long season, week by week, as every coach will tell you. But getting the first one out of the way, it's like Coach Alex said. He said, we're 1-0. We're in first place in the Big Sky Conference. If you keep winning, you'll always stay in first place. And you can only be in control of your own destiny. And that's what Montana is going to try and do week in and, and every team that won. And I think that takeaways Montana State going on the road and winning, which we're going to dive into, that was an impressive win. That's a tough Tough place to go play. You got to create your own atmosphere at some times. We've talked about oh, buddy. the Fletch deal. Oh, man, Hillsboro with the open. Uh, you, you see the highway in the background. Uh, Feels like an intramural field sometimes I just, that you're on. I just can't, man. Oh, I want man. Portland State in the league. I think it's good for the league. They just got to figure out a different solution, man. That game on TV was just embarrassing. It really, it's It's tough not Division One football, man. It's not. It's a, it's more than a world away from what we see in Montana. Well, and especially when opponents like Montana and Montana State go in there, 
It's got to be embarrassing at home when you get, I mean, the fan ratio is oh. off the charts. I mean, it, it, it was no question 60% Bobcat fans yes. on Saturday. And the last time the Grizz went out there, it was that, if not more, Grizz fans and a good contingency out there in both fan bases. But, yes, we love Portland State. We love Barney. But, boy, that's just a tough situation they're going through right now. I mean, the two night games were fascinating. I thought I was able to watch those. Davis taking yeah. on Weber State, winning with a backup quarterback going in there and making a game-winning drive. That was fascinating. Eastern did not stub their toe. That was truly my first look at them, game in, game out. So, sure. again, a lot to dive into as we uh, try and cram everything in on this Montana Football Hour. Well, before we dive into the Montana Football Hour, what's up this week? Because you have your great podcast, Inside the Den. I also went to your coach's show for the first time last week. A plug for that. We're getting, This is just free promotion because it's a great thing. If you're a Grizz fan, go watch it. It's awesome. It's down at Finn, uh, 6.30 Wednesday nights. And uh, I, mean, I had a heck of a time, man. I loved it. It was great. I mean, go eat dinner by the river, but also a uh, very entertaining content. Well, I appreciate that. And I think you do see a different side of Coach Houck. I mean, oh, yeah. And, he brings it for oh, you. Oh, he absolutely does. There's there's no press conference short answers there. We expand. He knows he's got to fill content for an hour. But we have a great time, and it's a, it's really a, a fun celebration of Grizzly football. So that's going to be on Wednesday. But I do want to plug the podcast. I just released an episode about an hour ago, and it is loaded for the Eastern Washington preview. Nice. Uh, we, te- we had highlights from Cal Poly, talked with Coach Houck. We had a good sit-down with Robbie Houck and Shan Schillinger together. Interesting. Robbie Houck passed Shan Schillinger as position coach and his Grizzly idol growing up. So it was fun mm. to have those two. Uh, a good chat with Larry Weir, the longtime voice of Eastern Washington. Then Greg Sundberg sits down. So loaded episode, gogrizz.com slash Inside the Den, brought to you by every, all of our friends at Blackfoot. They, they provide everything, it seems, podcast-wise, too. So um, it'll be great. Make sure you go check that out. The Montana Football Hour is presented by Stockman Bank. And Brett's RV and Marine, two outstanding, awesome local businesses and huge supporters of all levels of football across the Treasure State. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. Let's dive into this Grizz game. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, here in studio on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Uh, also, you can catch us on YouTube, and uh, we're counting down to it. Later on this week, Friday, I'm going to tell you about our YouTube giveaway. Uh, it's going to cl- include the YouTube channel, but it's going to involve all things on this show, whether it's the podcast, the YouTube channel, or uh, the live edition of this radio show. But you're going to want this, I promise. This is a huge, huge prize. Our great friends at Twisted Tea, as well as Alpine Touch, coming through for you uh, big time. But, Riley, the Grizz win 39-7, to um, despite... Just fully destroying Cal Poly in the first half. They were only up eighteen to zero. I there's so many trends in Grizz Nation that have been prevalent throughout my entire life. Uh, for example, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy. In <laughs> always, Missoula. I always. mean, because Dave Dickinson is once upon a time the backup quarterback. So everybody thinks, well, what if we went with the sophomore and he goes, you know, leads the national championship? There's only one Dave Dickinson. But then there's always, the, the offense is always going to leave something to be desired to Grizz Nation because I do think that for a long time, they took the defense for granted. Now the defense is back. And even though I'm not saying anybody's taking it for granted, but it's just easier to analyze maybe the quote-unquote shortcomings of the offense than it is how ferocious the defense is. This defense and Montana's execution on special teams was so outstanding and so dominant this weekend that I thought it actually took completely away from 
the offense having the ball. They couldn't get into a rhythm because when you score a defensive touchdown, you're back on defense. When you score a kicker return touchdown, you're back on defense. When you block a punt for a touchdown, you're back on defense. That's a great point. I, they were never able to get going because they just weren't the sole focus of this. And I know in a day and age now where we love to analyze offense and we love points and we saw what this Grizzly team did in 2019, the fact of the matter is there's a different identity with this group and they're going to win in different ways. And it's so easy for all of us, Grizz Nation, to nitpick at what they didn't do right but my goodness you're right let's focus on what they did correctly and the special teams some plays Coulter won't even go down in the box score what they did on the first two punts of the game for Cal Poly I mean they should have blocked both of them I think they tipped one of them and they were shanks I I mean had him shaking in his boots absolutely with that crowd I mean I know so often during a live football game no matter if you're in the media you're in the stands whatever when the punt team comes out, you turn to your friend, or that's when you go run to the bathroom real quick, or you grab a handful of peanuts, or you know, I send a tweet or whatever. I'm telling you, watch the special teams for Montana. What they're doing, I mean, they ran three different pump blocks in the first half. I was blown away. And Bo Baldwin, someone that analyzes opposing team, I mean, he studies the film better than anyone. He said, they showed us things that we've never seen on film exactly. before. And that that's a huge piece in all of this, what I, Montana was able to do. I wonder that part, too. The Grizz got so much extra practice time that I think that they have... Most of the time, you would never run anything in a game unless you've drilled it over and over again. I feel like they have six times as many things as they've run in games because they drilled it for a year and a half. Exactly. And even more so in the last week and a half, watching this team... They are so they're, they're so into fine-tuning details and the amount of work they spend on special teams. It seems monotonous and boring when you're at practice, right. but they go through every block and every detail of it, and it plays out on film. I, I mean, they blocked, I think, two punts. You could basically say three. Levi Janicaro's effort play oh, to block it and then to chase it down and pick it up in the end zone. Missoula Big Sky's finest. Yes, and that was the underrated play of the day, and I know we made it from 32-7 to 7 to 39-7, big deal on the, the grand scheme of things sure but my that, that's just a, a microcosm of the effort you're seeing montana football hour presented in part by brett's rv and marine we do the montana football hour the first hour of every monday show here on nuanez now riley corcoran the voice of the grizz joining me coulter nuanez brett's rv and marine has their end of summer clearance sale going right now summer may be setting but savings are on the rise brett's rv and marine has been a family-owned rv dealership for over 50 years so come enjoy some shopping in their uh, extensive accessories department as well as uh, find out what makes Brett's RV and Marine Montana's number one RV dealer. Stop by 4800 Grant Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. And not to steal the narrative or anything, Colter, because I know we're going to dive in the offense and that's what everybody wants to nitpick, right? But there were two plays in the game that I thought would completely change the narrative about the Grizzly offense. There were two long runs of 30 yards or more that got called back for holding right because then everyone was saying well they can't establish the run if those two plays stand from a number standpoint it would have made it a lot different than what maybe we're thinking or talking about right now let's hear from bobby hauck following the game uh, his impressions uh by the way we buried the lead here and i had this going because i was sort of uh pandering to the twitter crowd as it is uh <laughs> I had a couple guys, including one of our good buddies and a friend of this show, Chad Dundas, was was following intently at the shutout streak. And every time Montana added a couple more minutes, I made sure to tweet about it. Chad was blowing it up. He was getting it all over the place. Chad works for the Athletics, so he's got a good reach. Uh, of University of Montana alum, though, and a Missoula uh, native. But 
Yeah, so I was, you know, giving it to him because I, I knew he thought it was fun and funny. But the streak officially gets to 165 consecutive minutes without a point. So Bobby Houck was also asked about that. Here's Coach Houck following Montana's 39-7 homecoming victory over Cal Poly on Saturday. You know, I think we're getting back to where we need to be when we talk about a 39-7 conference win not being quite what we want. Uh, I... Uh, I'm really pleased that we're 3-0, and and for the first time, and I don't know, Caves, what is that, about eight years, I think. Um, Cal Poly came, they were ready to play. Um, we were ready to play, and I thought it was hard fought. Uh, there are all kinds of different ways to win games, and I think good teams find a variety of ways to win games. Sometimes it's the offense that carries it. Sometimes it's the defense that carries it. Sometimes it's the uh, special teams units that carry the day. And uh, all the great teams that I've been around have that in common, that they find ways to win, um, maybe when they don't play their best game. And I don't want to take anything away from Cal Poly because I thought they were ready to play and did a nice job. But uh, we were ready to play, but we did not play sharp enough today. Uh, we need, we, we need uh, to improve upon today's performance moving forward. Play to improve on, to be sure, but you did the math for us last week, 115 minutes without a score. You got it up to almost 165 minutes. So just your reaction to that, this day in college football, that seems pretty unprecedented. Well, that, that's the way I would say it. So, but, uh, I'll say it for you, so it doesn't have to be a blow from you. But, you know, we, we didn't want to lose that shutout there in the fourth quarter. And, uh, but in current time, modern-day college football, that's a lot of quarters, a lot of drives, and a lot of minutes without a defense giving up a point. That's phenomenal. I don't know. Interesting to do a study on that. Certainly, it's not the time of year for me to look at that. Maybe, I mean, I don't know what you guys do all day. Maybe you look at that. But uh, uh, that in modern day college football, current time with the rules that where they are, where tackling's illegal and all the other stuff, uh, it's phenomenal. Those number minutes. Hour here on ESPN Radio, Bobby Houck, University of Montana head coach after his 101st career victory on the 101st homecoming Saturday in Missoula. Great symmetry. I mean, I was just going to say, I'm a numbers geek, so I absolutely loved that and said it to him right away in the post game after he was, or before he went all disappointment mode on me. So we changed the, the narrative on that one At pretty At least he's quick. predictable. He's predictable and... Come on, guys. There's a method to the madness. No question. What game is looming this week? You think they're going to have some intense practices this week? Absolutely. One guy who I've interviewed probably as many as much as any guy in the Big Sky Conference is Bo Baldwin, mostly because of my stops during my career. I was in Central Washington when Bo was first leaving there uh, to go back to Eastern Washington. And then uh, because he was the most recent Central Washington coach, I went over to Cheney a couple times, covered some games. That's when they had guys like Taiwan Jones, Bo Levi Mitchell. They won the national championship that year. So I was kind of sitting, I wouldn't say shotgun, but in at least the back seat for that little run. And then, of course, Bo coached at Eastern all the way to, through 2016. There's a couple years there where wasn't deep playoff runs by the Montana school, so I was covering Eastern for Skyline Sports. That All that said, uh, Bo Baldwin is a great offensive mind. He's a very good coach. He's a very good head coach. I thought Cal Poly came into Missoula with a definitive plan. I thought in a lot of ways they executed the Grizz, 
But some of what the Grizzlies do is so overwhelming that they're going to have an upper hand in that element of the game always. The Grizz special teams execution, I thought, was also uh, pivotal in this victory. Uh, But more than anything, it's Montana's ability to do things that defy conventional wisdom. You're not supposed to be able to send six or seven guys on every snap and have no weakness. Every play. What did Cal Poly start doing? What any brilliant offensive mind would do. They started throwing screens. They're, They're trying to run the alley. It didn't work because Montana's corners can get off blocks. Every I asked Coach Houck this, and we'll share that sound a little later because I actually thought it was a very interesting insight. If you're familiar with the, the, the football concept of setting the edge, Montana doesn't have to have a player set the edge because every player on their defense can be the edge of their defense. That is an insane advantage this day and age in college football. That, number one, and number two, the open field tackling. Unbelievable. They can get away with the over-pursuit at times because they're not going to miss a tackle. They missed a couple tackles on Saturday, and I was I was blown away because yes. I, I was thinking, was this team ever going to miss a tackle? And Which is a testament to Montana. They're tackling like an 80% rate in the open field. And at the basic level, that is one of the top spots where Coach Alk was maybe disappointed. He's just not used to seeing missed tackles either. Sure. Well, and, and like you were saying, they run a lot of stuff that maybe teams hadn't seen on film before. Cal probably ran a bunch of stuff that Montana had never seen on film before either. We're going to get more into the offense here uh, about 20 minutes uh, for the Montana Grizzlies, but part of it was Cal Poly was flipping their fronts pre-snap. They were also given a bunch of smokescreen type fronts and or fronts that I think Montana probably hadn't seen before. That in turn... The line was getting off the ball a little late. A.J. Forbes had a couple of errant snaps. Part of that is just because of the, the unexpected nature. And again, these guys get paid too, right? Like Bo Baldwin's staff is great. It's an awesome staff. So it's not surprising that they had good coaching tactics. Speaking of Bo Baldwin, he addressed the media a couple minutes here from Coach Baldwin just about his impressions specifically of Montana's defense. Even when Montana starts relatively slow, like I think they punted on their first three offensive possessions, they can still manufacture points. So how much momentum does that create when they can get defensive touchdowns, special teams touchdowns? Yeah, no question. Um, and I'm, like I said, and even, you know, and, I, and I'm a positive thinker, so on our side, so I don't consider as much starting slow as we started fast on defense. I mean, that's how I look at it, you know, and I think our guys did a good job all day on defense. You know, I know what the scoreboard ended up saying, but there were a lot of, you know, special team situations we got to clean up, and that's a credit to those guys. And, you know, and, and something we have to fix. But, uh, yeah, even with that, of course, they, they, they can score in a lot of different ways. And they've always been that way. I can go back to Marcus Mariota and, you know, I have nightmares of him returning punts. And, you know, and they've always been good at dialing up certain blocks. Um, so it's, it's not anything that's uncommon. You just have to be that much more, you know, on point you know, with, with both what you're doing offensively, taking care of the football, because they can turn it into six like they did, and then definitely what you're doing on uh, special teams as well. We talked about your guys' offensive transition. We talked a lot on the show earlier this week about the line play. How big of a challenge is that specifically for your offensive line when Montana does throw such a variety of fronts and pressures at you? Yeah, I mean, it's there's no doubt it's tough, uh, but we try and give our guys enough pressures, you know, with some of what we do. I know it's the fronts might be a little bit different, but you know, throughout fall camp. So um, it just takes time, you know, and there's nothing like game experience, especially game experience at Walker Stadium. I mean, that's just different game experience than anything you can get, especially when you're talking offensive football, you know, because offensive football here is just, it's different. You know, it's, it's uh, you have to adjust certain things cadence-wise, but I was really pleased with our guys for first time. I mean, no one, I don't think, on our team had played in this stadium. Um, I don't feel like we had a bunch of false starts. I don't feel like, I felt like we handled things clean, and that's what, you know, 
really young quarterbacks. I mean, one who's young to his playing days than when he was injured, a, you know, a true freshman. So I know those are tough situations, you know, to be in even for veteran offenses. So those were, those were things that were really positive to me about how our O-line handled things. You know, I can't remember any. Maybe we had one. But sometimes, you know, you, you come in here and you end up with five or six. I've seen it. Um, so um, we handled ourselves mentally that way. And, and uh, you know, it, ju it just takes work. When you're, when you're going from triple option to spread, you're right. I mean, you know, those guys just not to any of their fault. They just you need reps, reps, reps. And it's nothing like game rep. Conventional wisdom is that if a team blitzes all the time, that opens up a weakness. Montana doesn't seem to have much of a weakness when they do bring pressure. Why is that? You know, I just think, like I said, I think they rally. I think they get off blocks well. Like a couple times, you know, we called a lot of screens. I'm sure you saw that. I mean, it was a decent amount, whether it looked like a screen to the average eye or not. We had some tunnel screens and some different things like that. But what they do is a lot of them on paper are touchdowns. I mean, seriously, when you're bringing pressure, you hat on a hat. I mean, in the napkin down at the bar, I can draw it up and it's a <laughs> touchdown against that blitz. You know, but if they have the ability to get off that block or retrace it D-line because they play with such attitude and effort, then it only becomes like an 8- or 10-yard gain when on paper it should work out hat on a hat, boom, he's hitting it, you know, for a touchdown. So I give them credit when they're in those one-on-one -on -one moments, like you said, when you catch them because, you know, what are weaknesses – against our blitz. I mean, it's the one-on-one -on -one situations in space, you know, DB's first receivers, or it's, you know, defending a screen, you know, and they're pressuring, you catch them at the right time, and by doing that, you have to you have to be able to defeat and win those one-on-one -on -one situations as a defensive player, and that's that's why they're, they're able to stop some of those things that should be advantageous on paper. Bo Baldwin, Cal Poly head coach, following his team's 39-7 loss at Montana. On Saturday afternoon, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanez, here in studio. It's the Northwest Motorsports Studio. It's the Montana Football Hour, presented by Stockman Bank of Montana, as well as Brett's RV and Marine. Transition to the Bobcat game a little bit, and then we're going to hash both these games out for you as the Montana Football Hour marches on. But Montana State, they go to Portland. This game was uh, two hours later of a kickoff, so I got to watch a little bit of it, but it was, uh, it was fascinating to watch. Montana State's offense was certainly crossed up by Portland State's defense. The flex was one step ahead, and I always talk about that, but that's the most layman way of explaining what the flex is. If the flex stays one step ahead, the pre-snap reads, the blocking assignments, the post-snap, all that stuff, it's muddled for the offense, and then the quarterback's double-clutching, making bad decisions. That's what was happening. And Matt McKay threw his first pick of the season in the second quarter. Montana State mustered just nine points offensively in the first half, but they go into halftime trailing 10-9, to nine. By and large, they dominated the second half, particularly about the last 20 minutes. And it was fascinating to watch their run game look largely stifled until the midway through the third quarter. Then Isaiah Fonse rips off a pair of 25-plus-yard runs, including one that was, I believe, a 39-yard scamper. And all of a sudden, the Bobcat offense is off and running. And then the flex defense was the one that was one step behind, and that's the disadvantage of that scheme. And all of a sudden, Fonte has got 30 carries for 217 yards, and uh, Montana State's got themselves a 30-17 to victory. thought the Bobcats, it was very funny. I, I rewatched the game yesterday, which, by the way, public service announcement. This ESPN Plus deal is so sweet because now you have the game's archive. So I didn't have to go find the DVR. Not that that's, like, that complicated, but I could just go right there, ESPN Plus, boom, there it is. But not only that, 
UC Davis and Weber State's right next there. Eastern Washington. So I was just geeking out yesterday scrolling through the game. It is so much better. I, I think in, so much in every sense of the word, the ESPN Plus agreement, and obviously we'll get into the impact of what this upcoming game will, will have uh, on the Big Sky Conference and the FCS just in general. But absolutely, being able to go back and watch, it's huge for me. I oh, mean, yeah. being able, I can't watch all the games no at way. once, but to go back and see it, even Sac State, Idaho State, that was yep. kind of a low-key, yep. pretty good game. But especially Montana State. I mean, I, I'm curious on watching these guys. I've mentioned to you that, and we mentioned on the show too, what 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 is Montana State through three yep. games? Well, we, we found out a little bit about them. They showed toughness, identity on the road. And when you have Isaiah Afonso, you can cover up a lot of other deficiencies if you have them. That's exactly right. And so the point is that re-watching the game on the live stream, if, you would, if I would have stopped watching the game when the Cats were trailing 17 to 16, I would have thought, man, they're going to have to really pull something out, even only down one to win this game. They did not look very good. And then the last 20 minutes of the game, they fully dominated. I thought Brent Vegan made a comment about their conditioning level, which I thought was a very accurate because I did think they were the way more well-conditioned team. But the thing that's emerged to me about the Bobcats, coaching change aside, defensive and offensive scheme changes aside, you know, the weight of expectations aside, Montana State, as expected, has a handful of the most talented players in the league at their respective positions. The fact that Daniel Hardy and Ty Okada are also in that group as guys that are among the best players at their positions, that's why I think Montana State is rolling right now without actually fully putting a game all the way together. Because you knew that Troy Anderson and Amandre Williams and Taylor Tuiasopo, Lewis Kidd, Isaiah Fonse, that, those guys are, are all-league players. They're all-American caliber players. Chase Benson is in that group too. But to add two more guys that weren't expected to be that, th- that's where you really take off as a defense. Montana's kind of seeing this too with some of the guys that have emerged. But on the Montana State side of things, you already had frontline talent, but then you get to get a couple more guys that are in that group. That's been the defining factor for the Cats so far. Well, and that's the difference too, Coulter, from a team that has high expectations to maybe take them to a championship level. And I think Montana State absolutely has that from what we've seen. And everything through the Big Sky Conference so far, you absolutely can make a case for that. And guys that can flourish right away, there's always a surprise on a football team or two, right? It's just a matter sure. of are they in impact positions? Are they gamers? And the Cats definitely have a couple of those guys average to bad teams they have to have everything go right and get a few things go their way get a few strokes of luck good teams will more likely win than not when things go their way they out execute the other team great teams are teams that can win even if certain elements of their game plan don't go that way mamakia didn't play as well as he's been playing montana state looked largely flat in the first half the offensive line took a little while to get going Yet they still refound their running game. They refound their defensive dominance. That's a testament to the fact that I believe they're a great team. And that's exactly where we're at with Montana, too, because Montana looked, I would give Montana a C minus on offense on Monday, or on, on Saturday, excuse me. I would give them an A minus on defense, and I would give them an A plus, plus, plus in the kick game. And that's how you win a conference game by 30 plus points. It's why they, when they say coach speak all the time and people are sick of it in press conferences, we've got to be sound in all three phases of the game. Well, that's because if one of them's not there, obviously the other two can carry it. And I think that just focusing on the quarterback position, right? I, I think it's such a testament and such uh, an encouraging sign for both of these teams that neither quarterback played their A game this weekend, but yet you still had double-digit wins against yep. conference opponents and teams you should beat. That's a good thing. Rather than nitpicking what they didn't do right, how about the fact that you have a well-rounded team, the yep. defense and special teams get it done so your quarterback doesn't need to throw for 350 every game? 
We're going to see one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Sky Conference on Saturday, Cheney against Montana. In the, in the conference? In the country. How about the nation? Yeah, in the nation, for sure. I believe that Eric Berry is the single best quarterback in FCS football. And not that, oh, I, I totally agree with that. I, I'm going to jump the gun just a little bit. Safe to say, probably the early front runner for the Walter Payton and the early front runner for the Buck Buchanan going at it, Pat O'Connell and Eric Berrier? Yes, sir. I would I, agree. I totally agree. Yep. Um, but I think that, and, and it remains to be seen what happens Saturday. I find it pretty interesting the way that the Big Sky Conference, traditionally for decades known as a quarterback-driven league, is right now being owned by teams that are not relying on their quarterbacks that much. They're relying on defense, turnovers, special teams, run game, all that sort of stuff. So uh, pretty interesting to analyze. The Montana Football Hour brought to you in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's has got their end-of-summer clearance sale going. Summer may be setting, but savings are on the rise. Go check out Brett's RV and Marine, 4800 Grant Creek Road today. More on the Montana Football Hour, including Bobby Houck on those special teams. Brent Vegan on his team's road victory. Daniel Hardy about what it was like being back home in Portland. And Justin Belknap, the first touchdown. I mean, he, he's so old, this might be his first touchdown in a decade. All that and more here on the Montana Football Hour. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Montana stretched its shutout streak to new heights while Montana State buckled down defensively and rode its stud running back to a road victory. Hello, this is Coulter Nuanez. The University of Montana entered Saturday's homecoming game against Cal Poly with a streak of 115 minutes without allowing a point, and the Grizz stretched that shutout streak to 165 minutes without a single point before the Mustangs finally got on the board. The Grizz scored in a variety of ways as senior defensive end Justin Belknap took an interception 24 yards for a score. Malik Flowers took a kickoff 95 yards for his fourth kick return touchdown of his career, and Missoula Big Sky product Levi Janicaro locked a punt that he then landed on in the south end zone for his first touchdown as a Grizzly as Montana blitzed Cal Poly 39-7 to open Big Sky Conference play. Montana State went on the road for the first Big Sky game of the Brett Vegan era. After struggling offensively for two and a half quarters, the Bobcats kept eating the ball to their standout running back Isaiah Fonse while the MSU defense locked in. Fonse ended the game with 30 carries, the most by a Bobcat since 2012, and piled up 207 17 yards on the ground plus a touchdown to help boost the Bobcats to a 30-17 win at Portland State. The Bobcat defense forced a pair of turnovers and pitched a fourth quarter shutout as MSU moved to 3-1. The Grizz play at number 6 Eastern Washington and the Bobcats host Northern Colorado this week. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Montana, welcome back. 
It is the Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now. You're listening to 102.9 FM ESPN Missoula. Or maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television. Montana Football Hour. We do this the first hour of each Monday show. Riley Corker, the voice of the Grizz, kind enough to swing in and uh, help rap about some Grizz, Bobcat, and college football in general. The Montana Football Hour is presented in part by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank has 36 locations. They're only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. It's banking by Montanans for Montanans. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. A couple more thoughts on the Bobcat game before we readdress uh, the Grizzly game. Bobcats, by the way, 30-17 to 17 victors at Portland State. And the Montana, 39-7 to 7 victors over Cal Poly at home uh, on homecoming. Isaiah Fonse outstanding, 217 yards rushing. The Bobcat defense, great. Daniel Hardy spearheading it, leading the way. Uh, he had three and a half tackles for loss. He now has eight and a half tackles for loss and five and a half sacks. So he's one of the only guys that has comparable numbers to the one and only Patty O'Connell, who's just blowing the doors off of opposing offenses. Coach Alk said it on your uh, coach's show that he thinks he's playing as well as any defensive player they've had uh, since he's been back in 2018. That, that was a sneaky comment. I'm glad you caught it, but I mean... he ne- Bobby, Bobby never says stuff like that. Never says stuff with high... Pra- especially this early in the season. Sure. So it goes to show you... Hey, I mean, O'Connell is, is flat, killing oh. people, though, man. He is dominant. He's playing on such a different level right now. I mean, now. he's playing at such a high level. Regardless, uh, Montana State, all of those good accolades. Daniel Hardy is playing out of his mind off the edge for How about MSU. Lance McCutcheon? Lance McCutcheon is perhaps the, the breakout star. A kid from Bozeman who took his medicine. He's 6'3", 208. So, he played a ton of football the last three years at wide receiver. He did not get a ton of balls. He caught 30 passes in the last three seasons. But because he's big, strong, tough, and willing to do it, he got, he played as many snaps as any wide receiver at Montana State over the last three years. As a blocking guy, wow. now he's getting a chance to actually thrive, and uh, he had 161 yards receiving, crucial touchdowns, so McCutcheon, a breakout star. All of that is to say that a phenomenal win by the Bobcats on the West Coast. The best player on the field on Saturday, and to me it wasn't close, is Davis Alexander. The guy is a stud. Uh, the word I heard from multiple people in Portland, a wizard. He extends plays so unbelievably. He's so tough. That's the other thing. We talk about people and their reactions in games. I, I was here getting all these texts. The Bobcat secondary sucks. I'm sitting here watching the game. I'm like, dude, you can't cover a guy for 10 seconds. This guy's running all over the field. Davis Alexander, an insane athlete. It's too bad he's at Portland State. If he was on a contender, man, he could be the difference between a, a playoff run and a national championship run. You could make the argument that he's the second-best quarterback in this league. I, I, mean, I would make the argument all day long, man. That's true. I mean, he's probably is. He no, is, man. He, he is. He's just someone, the toughness factor for him, what he did, I mean, and this is my reference, of course, when the Grizz went out there and he yeah. took a pounding over and over and over again and still was able to make plays throughout. I mean, I, I really like what he can do. And, yes, it's not it's not a testament to the secondary. It's more of like, okay, this guy is a little bit special on the other end. Brett Vegan, Montana State, first-year head coach. He earned his first Big Sky Conference victory on the road. Not easy place to play, not because it's loud, because it's quiet. But he talked about the slow start, the t- the strong finish, and what it was like getting his first Big Sky Conference win under his belt. Thanks so much to uh, Alex Esterman, SWX Montana Television, for helping out with this sound. Uh, you know, Portland State gave us fits today. Uh, quarterback's a tremendous player. Their defense, like we talked about all week, is uh, challenging to handle. Um, you know, and our guys didn't... Uh, 
didn't veer off the plan. He was 10 to 9 at halftime. Uh, you know, I think we felt like, uh, you know, we weren't, we hadn't played real well, but we were in good position and, you know, love how we, we were able to close that game out. Um, you know, defensively making the stops we did, offensively scoring and then finishing on the field at the end. So, pleased with the effort, but uh, plenty to improve upon. So, what did you guys talk about at halftime? What should it seem like the real turning point? Well, I think you just you just try to clean it up. It was it was ten to nine. You know, uh, offensively we, we hadn't been able to stay on the field. So you, you know, you're trying to identify the the runs maybe in particular, um, the, the matchups in the past game that we can take advantage of. Defensively, I, you know, I, I know a lot of it was about Brown Alexander. We certainly didn't do that perfectly in the second half, but uh, you know, put some pressure on them. You know, and, and ultimately you know, we were able to really blow up. What, why was it that way? And, um, well. I think their their coverage schemes present trouble, and we just couldn't we couldn't produce first downs, you know. So so too many three and outs, um, too many poor first down plays. Uh, you know, it was a combination of things, and, and credit certainly goes to, to Portland State with what they were able to do. And you know, uh, finding our groove um, was about just a first down. We got to gain yards, and I thought in the second half for our first down production was uh, way way uh, improved from the first half. The way they run their defense was a big topic coming into this mm-hmm. game. What's kind of the assessment on how your team did today? I know there's obviously a shift in that second half. I just yeah, I, you know, I, 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 it's one of those deals, and I'd faced it going back to my time at North Dakota State when Coach Sadat was at Cal Poly. You have to be willing to kind of play the long game, you know, and, and understand they're going to get some some pass to the ball, and, and you know they make it hard to get outside, um, and then they got numbers on the inside. So I, I, I thought we kind of settled in and, and found from a schematic perspective, the runs that uh, we're producing and, and kind of wrote them. I mean, and, and you know, uh, I, I'm certain that Isaiah, Elijah um, broke some tackles along the way, too. You know, and I think we wore them down, so or that push becomes a little greater as you go along. Those guys at the second level, their ability to make tackles as the game goes, goes along, played in our favor. First conference win, what kind of confidence does this give you and your team moving forward? Well, I think uh, conference win, road win, um, down at half win. I mean, I think all those things will allow us to continue to build um, from a character perspective, from a belief perspective. Um, you know, I think it was clear and there was no finger pointing at halftime. We hadn't played real well on offense. Defense was on the field too much, but it wasn't like we went in there and, you know, defense is get, you know, getting on the offense or, or whatever. We're a team. We're a unified group. And, and today, really, I, I sealed that. I mean, I, I think our guys um, understand that we just got to hang in there. You know, it's not always going to go our way. We got to hang in there, keep fighting, um, count on each other, and um, get good things will happen. Tyrell didn't play. What was the reason? Uh, you know, Tyrell just got back uh, practice this week. Um, you know, I think we were thinking more from an emergency, emergency perspective. Um, you know, has, he was out for a while, and he was out for a while in the summer. So getting him back conditioning-wise, especially on a day like today, I mean, it was hot. It was hot, and we were in the sun. Um, you know, I just it just didn't work out today. But I would suspect, you know, he'll be he'll be ready to go next week um, with James going down. I, you know, we'll see how that goes. But Tyrell will certainly uh, figure in. I know moving forward. All right, thanks, Coach. So there you go, Brett Vegan following his team's thirty to seventeen victory over Portland State. Let's hear from Daniel Hardy. He was back home. He had three and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks. He's up to five and a half tackles for loss. Excuse me, five and a half sacks and eight and a half tackles for loss. Marks the Big Sky Conference and national leaders. A couple minutes from Daniel Hardy on his return home. He's a Beaverton, Oregon native. I'm going to be doing this. So. You want to start off? Yeah. 
Congratulations. And in your hometown, too, or in your home state, how did it feel to get your the conference opener one? Um, it felt great, uh, especially to do it in front of my family. I got half my whole family here. Um, just played our hearts out for them. This was a tough team. Uh, they gave us their best shot. Um, all props to them. Um, I thought we did a good job banding together as brothers and coming out and, and winning this as a family is a good hard win. How do you feel like the defense performed overall today? I feel like, I mean, I feel like we left it all out there for sure. I, I know I did. Uh, we were all dog tired over there on that sideline. Uh, we left it all out there playing for our brothers. Um, and when it mattered most, we made plays. Having your family here back in your hometown, what extra layers does that just add for you? You know, I'm sure you don't, you were geeking this morning at waking up in your hometown. Absolutely. Um, honestly, it was like, it was kind of one of those things where I woke up and I was, you know, sometimes when you wake up in a different place, you're kind of like, where am I? for a second, but it was like, nah, I'm, I'm at home. Um, I got to see my mom last night, my sister, um, and, you know, just knowing I'm playing for somebody other than myself is just huge, you know, when it's third down and I'm I'm on my last leg, I know I know I have to go out there and perform for somebody else other than me. You know, Hardy, Montana State defensive end, the Bobcats, 30-17 to 17 victors at Portland State over the weekend to move to 1-0 in conference play and the first Big State Conference win of the Brett Vegan era. Montana Football Hour, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez. It's Nuanez now. We do the Montana Football Hour, the first hour of every Monday's show, and it is presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine, proud to be the largest of all Montana RV dealers. They got 75 RV and boat brands to choose from, and they offer the largest inventory under the big sky. So stop by 4800 Grant Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealers in Montana. The University of Montana, 39-7 victors over Cal Poly, homecoming Saturday. The exclamation point, a blocked punt by Levi Janicaro that then the Missoula Big Sky product landed on in the end zone. We're efforting and hoping the Levi Janicaro will join us later on in this show, uh, later on this week on Nuanas Now. But in the meantime, here's Bobby Howe. A couple thoughts on... Uh, perhaps an emerging special teams ace for the Grizzlies. Yeah, the kicking game kind of carried the day for us. It was it was really good. Um, it's unfortunate we gave up the fake punt. And it was something that we actually practiced the play that they ran this week, believe it or not. So uh, beyond that, it was a pretty dominating day. And the coverage teams were terrific. The return game was terrific. Um, scoring twice was huge in terms of the outcome of the game. Um, both those plays, the, uh, the block punt and the, uh, the kick return for the touchdown, we we felt like those were opportunities that might, that might transpire if the game played out the way we thought it would. And uh, it was kind of nice once in a while to have the crystal ball. And then when you have a punter that can flip the field the way the Brian can, does that ever translate into how you can call it in or you can go to your call game either direction? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, some... I mean, there's so many things that go into it. It's, it's not necessarily going to change our, our play call on either offense or defense, but it may change, you know, if we're going for it or some different things when, you know, it's a tight game. In a game like that where it's not real tight, probably, probably not, but you, know, you, you, you get into a low-scoring battle, you don't play the field position game a little bit, and it's sure nice to have a, a punter and a 
punt coverage unit that can flip the field for you. Bobby, specifically the block punt, Levi Janicaro is a guy that uh, moved to the defensive side of the ball. Now it seems like he's standing out on special teams. I know you love when guys like that sort of earn their way. So can you just talk about that play? Well, that's a big play. I didn't. I, I uh, saw him score it, and I didn't know who blocked it. And I said, all right, who blocked it? He, he said, I did both. <laughs> so that's a big-time play when you block it and scoop it up and score it. So uh, I don't know if we got a – I don't – I'd have to see the replay. I don't know if we got our hand on one in the first half. But uh, their punter struggled a bit with, uh, with the pressure. And, and our guys, they had a pretty good understanding of their uh, protection. And they executed the rush pretty well. And obviously, Levi had the, the big play. Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now. The Grizz so- scored in all sorts of ways, including a sixth-year defensive end. Seventh year. Seventh, Seventh year. <laughs> Seventh right. year. It's so weird saying that. There's a couple seventh-year seniors out there. Man, this guy, Justin Belknap, graduated high school back in 2014. Yeah. This guy's been in college, playing college football since I've run Skyline Sports, and I feel like I've been doing this thing forever. That's insane. Regardless, he scored his first touchdown in a little while. Uh, he's an understated guy unless you get him on the practice field. But a couple seconds here from Justin Belknap on his first touchdown in a long time. We were just playing the football. Our coaches teach us to play every day in practice. Um, it was disappointing that fourth quarter when they scored, for sure. We were all disappointed. But um, we're just going <laughs> to buckle down and get ready for uh, next week. Just saying on that pick six play, you know, you dropping back in coverage, uh, you guys sending some other guys. You know, what, what were you seeing on that play? What worked? And, uh, you know, just uh, what was that feeling like? You know, obviously, uh, you guys taking the momentum just full, full board at that point. Uh, it was a great call by uh, Coach Bear. Um, and, I mean, it was a cool feeling. I don't know how to describe it. Um, I haven't scored in college football before, so it was nice to get, get a score like that. I, really, I mean, you really have to experience it to know the feeling. So there you go, Justin Belknap. After uh, the Grizz 39-7 victory over Cal Poly, he had a 24-yard pick six. That's enough about the past. Let's talk about the future. More on the Montana Football Hour. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, in studio with me. Colter Nuanas, Montana at Eastern Washington. Cheney, ESPN2. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio.
welcome back in. Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I am Coulter Nuanez, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me here in studio. Montana Football Hour, we do this for the first hour of each Monday's show here on Nuanez now. And let's talk a little bit about the upcoming matches. First of all, rip, rip through the Big Sky Conference real quick. If you haven't been listening, Montana 39, Cal Poly 7, Montana State 30, Portland State 17. The rest of the Big Sky Conference scores, Sacramento State ekes out a 23-21 victory at Idaho State. Eastern Washington hangs 50 again for the, what, third week in a row, 50-21 to over Southern Utah. UC Davis ekes out a 17-14 win at Weber State, so a big win by Davis and uh, Weber all of a sudden looking for answers. The premier matchup, the only real headline matchup, in the Big Sky Conference this weekend features the Montana Grizzlies at the Eastern Washington Eagles. Riley, your initial thoughts on uh, this showdown? Well, there's so many things that come to mind right away. I mean, the first is strength on strength. You might have the two best units in the FCS going at it in Eastern's offense against the Grizzlies' defense. I don't think that's a a crazy statement to make. I mean, Eastern Washington's averaging, what, 54 points a game? Exactly. And they're about, what, 600 yards a game. Again, video game-like numbers is going to be the phrase you hear a lot this week because it's true. even said it. He did, that surprised me today at the press conference me that too. he pulled that out. But it's true. I think that that will be a fascinating matchup to watch all game long. Eric Berrier against Kemp Bears pressure and everything the Grizzly defense can do. But like most games that have big-time matchups like this, I think the game is going to be defined by the other matchup. Montana's offense that has exactly. been ex- against Eastern's defense because... I'll just say it. I don't think this is crazy. Eastern's defense has left a lot to be desired this year. That's exactly right. And I think that ball control, I think Montana imposing their will a little bit more with the the areas they can control is going to be huge. Special teams, another huge X factor in this one. So everyone is going to focus on Barrier against the Grizzly defense, and that'll take all the storylines. That's what ESPN2 is going to open everything with. But I think the other side of the ball is probably going to determine who wins or loses. Montana Football Hours presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means for you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. That's my whole take on this game, Riley. First of all, Eastern Washington is putting up ridiculous numbers on offense. They haven't played a team with even close to a good defense yet. In fact, they've played a UNLV team that's horrific on defense. They've played a couple teams uh, that are have very little acumen defensively, and then they've played uh, last week a Southern Utah team that has among, if not the worst defenses in the league. So I want to see them against a good offense, or excuse me, against a good defense. And then on the other side, I think Montana's offense has been average, but I think Eastern Washington's defense has been, at times, poor, including in the second half of that game against Western Illinois where they let the Lumber- Leathernecks almost rally after ge- after Eastern scored 55 points in the first half. Well, I think that both rankings are justified for each team coming in, right? That, that, I'm, I'm going to put that out there first. But let's dive in just a tad more. What's the one common opponent here? Western Illinois. Exactly. What did Montana do to Western Illinois? They shut them out. The Leathernecks put up 56 on. I mean, that that's not just a tiny disparity. That's as wide as you can get as far as just comparing, okay, what did one team do against the other? I know that doesn't always play out that way, but I, that's just a huge number that I can't get my head wrapped around yet when just breaking down this matchup. And the Eagles, they're going to be tested, much like with Montana State. And, again, 
maybe no disrespect to UNLV, but it's going to come off this way. I, Eastern has not been tested yet by any team that they have played. They have not had a team that uh, figuratively has punched them in the mouth playing a physical style of game. We know Montana is going to do that. Let's go back to 2019 when the Eagles did come here. I, I think that maybe that'll start being talked about, but Eric Berrier looked human that day he did. against Montana. They only put up 17 points, and Cam Humphrey in his first career start led Montana to a win in that one. So I think that that's, that game will uh, game film obviously will start being played a little bit, and it'll just be fun to watch. Eric Berrier, he's got a chance on the national stage to absolutely shut everybody up and just say, I don't care what this defense is. I, I, we're going to score at will again, but um, just strength on strength. I mean, wh- what more could you ask more ask for from a showcase, the spotlight for the league? And not only the league, Coulter, I think the entire FCS wants this to be a good game because they're going to look at television ratings and look at television numbers. Very, very rarely do you see a game get the ESPN2 spotlight and to get a big-time audience. So um, I think it's important for the entire FCS that this is a good show and, and gets good numbers in the meantime. I want to continue talking with you about this, but we're out of time for today. So I want you to remember this point, and then maybe we'll hash it out later on this week. Maybe maybe I'll give you a call or something. We just get a couple more thoughts on it because I do think it's important. And I also want to continue to uh, give lead-up coverage to this game because it is a huge one. But it's my notion that if Montana makes a statement on ESPN2 and they beat Eastern Washington, the way that that will resonate throughout the state of Washington, having beat the two premier football programs in the state – it's hard to say that Eastern is more visible than Washington State, whatever Washington State's status is, but certainly more successful over the last 15 years. And they certainly have pull, uh, particularly in the Seattle-Tacoma area when it comes to getting guys, particularly skill guys, because Eastern's been so good on offense. But I think that this is a chance for a landmark moment for not just Grizz football, but the University of Montana. I think it's a great point. And I think that you're already seeing it in Seattle. Exactly. With what the Grizz did against UW. It absolutely provides instant validity in this day and age, too, where people are looking to transfer and look at spots. I mean, it goes leaps and bounds. That is a great conversational point. And I, I mean, you could, it's very safe to say if the Grizzlies go out and get the job done this weekend, they own the state of Washington, the recruiting that can come from that, because we've seen that more, right? There's a lot of Montana kids um, that come from Washington. This has so many layers of impact, I think, this game on Saturday. It's been the Montana Football Hour. He's Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. You can find all his outstanding work on the Grizzly Radio Network, as well as uh, his Inside the Den podcast, gogrizz.com. You can also go check him out at the Coaches Show every Wednesday, 6.30 down there at Finn. That's been the Montana Football Hour. We do this the first hour of every Monday. Riley, you're the man. Thanks for coming by. No problem, man. Have a great week. Montana Football Hour is presented in part by Stockman Bank. They have 36 locations only in Montana. They plan on keeping it that way. It's banking by Montanans for Montanans. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. And the Montana Football Hour is also presented by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's has their end-of-summer clearance sale going, so stop by 4800 Grant Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Hour one of the books, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morningweg in the house, coming at you. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. 
And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.